Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. And welcome to the best show on your radio. You know it better as Freddie and Harry with my man Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Appreciate you joining us on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. And don't forget to tell your smart speaker to play ESPN radio. You are 10 minutes away from a different version of Tag Your It when it comes to the National Football League and maybe involving a player that you want to still see on your football team that comes your way in about 10 minutes. But Tag Your It once again. When it comes to Micah Parsons and the Dallas Cowboys. Now, his teammate on February 9th during Super Bowl week, Demarcus Lawrence, he was asked to explain, man, what happened to you dudes versus the Green Bay Packers the way you lost? Demarcus Lawrence told the truth. And I guarantee you it didn't land well in Dallas. All honesty, I think the main thing is we was burned out, man. Uh, you know, long season, um, team dominantly healthy throughout the season. You know, um, the legs get tired. But also, um, you know, you got to give hats off to Green Bay, man. They came out with a great game plan, um, you know, rolling out towards Micah and then running away from me. I feel like, you know, that's that's what they needed to, you know, get their game started. And they jumped on us fast. And What about adjustments? Yeah, adjustments, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, I feel like we went in the locker room and, you know, we came out, you know, ready with our adjustments, but uh, still didn't go the way that we planned it to go. And boy, it did not land well with his teammate Micah Parsons when Mr. Parsons was on the Stephen A. Smith show. When I feel like once that regular season ends and they get in the playoff, you're supposed to get rejuvenated. Like, this is a whole new me, whole new you. Like, we need to get ready. And that's part of that culture stuff where I was talking about where I where I want to dive into the players that we got to change. Like, it, it it should never – you should never go into a game like I'm tired, like I'm ready to, like I'm ready to go home because that's what's exactly going to happen, and it did happen. I'm coming to the game every week like, man, I got four more weeks left. I don't know what y'all got, but I got four more weeks left. Like, that's part of the culture and identity that I just feel like we're missing. Like, that – I would like – that's just something that like, I don't agree with at all. Like – Regular season, all right, yeah, I'm tired. Like, I'm wore out. But as soon as playoffs hit, knowing how limited and how hard it is to win in playoff game, I would not I wouldn't, I would never say I'm tired or I, I feel fatigued because that's my job to not feel that way. First and foremost, I think it is crazy as hell that, <laughs> you know, Demarcus Lawrence <laughs> said that on a mega platform that first take is. Like in front of the world for them to be able to hear and actually see the words coming out of his mouth. Because like Michael Parsons just mentioned, when it comes to playoff football, man, I'm going to the float tanks. I'm getting IVs. <laughs> what a float tanks. What a float tanks. Oh, uh, a body of water. You got a whole bunch of salt in there. You go in there and, and, and float in it okay. to, you know, help rejuvenate your body or whatnot. Okay. So, mm, that sounds you know, good. Maybe do that yeah, tonight man, I get I'm, home. I'm getting massages, dry needling. I'm, I'm drinking yeah. water, Gatorade, faithfully. I'm doing everything. I'm stretching. I'm making sure everything is, is, is up to par because you're going to get the best shot from whoever you're playing in the playoffs. It's the playoffs, Freddie. Right. They're, everyone that had the opportunity to 
make the NFL playoffs, they're playing for an opportunity to, number one, get to the Super Bowl, but also hoisting up the Lombardi Trophy. Absolutely. So, Michael Parsons, not just because you have the star on your helmet, you're going to get everyone's best shot because, number one, the Lombardi Trophy is on the line. Number two, the more you advance, the more money you continuously make. Mm-hmm. So, the two things right there in those regards. But for the Dallas Cowboys, I think all of us in the media – has we've been waiting for them to, you know, have a different mindset when it comes to their culture. Well, I'm tired of waiting as a Cowboys fan. <laughs> I'm <laughs> so tired of waiting. So, so is Emmitt Smith. Oh, God, absolutely. So is Emmitt Smith. Well, so we're is Michael Parsons. We're, we're talking about, but for, for him, I think leading by example, it's okay to call guys out, but also you floor playoff games, he has one sack and no forced fumbles. Mm-hmm. Right? So – you need to make a big difference when the lights are the brightest are, 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 are as well. Like, right? right? Uh, you and the Dallas Cowboys' most prominent players, you guys have to play like that when playoff football come around. And that's been one of the things that's hurt this football team is that they haven't been good across the board, but also the biggest players on their football team haven't held their own. Yeah, no doubt about that. Harry Douglas, Freddie Cohen together, and Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio. Essentially, Michael Parsons, his response to Demarcus Lawrence was, I can't believe you guys quit on me. That's basically what he said. Wait a minute, what do you mean you were tired? And then you gave into that? If you were tired, then somebody else should have been playing in your position. You and should you not have been out there. It on national TV. Oh, I'm, and admit it. Like I said, I don't mind transparency. But my dad, Freddie Coleman, told me something a long time ago. If you know a lot, say nothing. If you know more than that, say less. There are certain things that people do not need to be party to, especially when we saw what it looked like. You didn't have to tell us what it looked like, but you gave us you gave us more. The meal was already good, and you said, you know what? You need some dessert. You need some chest lettuce cake. That's what they gave us. That's what Demarcus Lawrence gave, and he needed, he didn't need to do that. The meal was fine as it was. What we saw happen in the Dallas Cowboys, but your teammate ten days later to hearing that said, yeah, you, you quit, you quit, you quit. I didn't quit. I may not have played well, but I still played my behind off because I know what the playoffs are all about. And I'm sick and tired of people looking at us and having the truth being thrown in our face saying, you guys can never, ever get it done. You don't have enough fortitude to get it done. You guys aren't mentally and physically tough enough to get it done. Did you see what they did to Jimmy Johnson at halftime, man? Oh, man. He was beside himself. Jimmy Johnson forgot (laughs) at halftime that he was actually on the show to analyze. Jimmy Johnson Mm -hmm. was so heartbroken that he gave a speech. For the Dallas Cowboys to try to play better. Yeah. <laughs> Think mm-hmm. about that. Exactly. He, he, Jimmy Johnson almost had a hair fall out of place, which yeah. has never happened to him on TV. Never happened to him on TV. When you get, he, he knows exactly what it looks like because he never had a team that quit on him with the Dallas Cowboys. Even though the Miami Dolphins didn't play up to the specifications people thought they were going to play, he never had to worry about guys giving it up and using excuses. If you don't want to use the word quit, they are excuse makers in Dallas. They always make excuses when things are going well. They always make excuses when things don't go well, especially when they did not think they were going to lose to Green Bay. They had it already in their mind, man, we got two home playoff games. We're the second seed, and people did not think we are going to win out the division. Man, we can't wait to get to San Francisco and take on that football team. They couldn't get away from home and beat Green Bay because you know what they are? When things go well, they're excuse makers. When things don't go well, they're bigger excuse makers in Dallas. Freddie, one of the things that 
you know, I always cherish being able to play professionally in the National Football League for 10 years. And what a lot of guys have on people that dream that have dreams and aspirations of one day being there is that when physically you're exhausted, right? Mm -hmm. There's this shockwave that go to your brain and your mental toughness kicks in. Yep. So what Demarcus Lawrence is telling us is that when that physical fatigue kicked in, the mental fatigue yeah. followed followed suit. Yeah, he, he there, tapped there, out. There, there was no mental shock to his brain and said, "Hey, you know what? You're you're one of the best players in the world because yeah. you're a professional football player, and now your mental's going to kick in, and you're not going to let the physical fatigue take over your entire body." Yeah, if you're any Dallas Cowboy in that locker room, you're saying to yourself, "I'm going to make him sound like a fool," because the next time that happens in the playoffs, I'm not tapping out. If he wants to tap out, go right ahead. But he allowed that to be put out. There's a narrative, Harry, that he said we tapped out against the Green Bay Packers because our legs were tired. And Michael Parsons (laughs) said, are you out of your rabid Cowboys mind to put that out there, whether it was true or not? You never want anybody to believe what they already think about your team, that when things get tough, you will mentally and physically tap out. And then Demarcus Lawrence brought, brought voice to that whole thing. That's why Michael Parsons said, look, you may have quit. You may have tapped out, but I didn't. And I'm not going to let you make that blanket statement for this entire football team. What happened that Sunday versus Green Bay? No, but, uh, you know, I agree with Michael Parsons. Like, the, the culture shift is really needed when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys because part of the reason why Stephen A. makes fun of the Dallas Cowboys mm-hmm. and, and is able to have fun is because some of the things that Michael Parsons mentioned, yep. he sees. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and that's why he, over, over and over again, he says, you know, everyone could be excited and happy right now, but just wait. But just wait. <laughs> They're going to find a way to let you down. Just wait. That- <laughs> but if Stephen A. sees that mm-hmm. on a consistent basis, yeah. Then, as players, you should be able to see that and want want to get it fixed. Right. Well, the way they're going to fix it, the players have to fix that. It's not a Jerry. Uh, it's not a Jerry Jones thing. That's got to be a Dallas Cowboy players thing. Which means everybody, quarterback, Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, Waterboy, everybody. Because you keep being SOD, same old Dallas. It usually never ends well for you, especially the way that it ended versus Green Bay on that January Sunday afternoon. He's Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman together. And Freddie and Harry, thanks for joining us. Presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio. They have insurance on motorcycles, boats, and RVs. That gives you protection on the road and on the water. If you want that protection, see how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. Love Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us. And Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. We bring in our man Shannon Penn, our producer, because Tuesday, March 5th, is kind of a first part of the NFL offseason. When it comes to the franchise tag window, you heard Micah Parsons tag the Cowboys to find out they're going to be it once again in 2024. We do sort of the same thing. Shannon Pinto's a player at us, and we'll say, franchise tag, you're it, or no tag, you can best be going about your business and getting paydays from somewhere else. All right, I'm not going to hold this off much longer. <laughs> wow. There's only one place to start here, Let guys. the sadness warm all over you, huh? Harry Douglas. Yep. First up on this list, New York Giants running back Saquon Barkley. Tag your it or no tag for Saquon? Um, For me, I, I want to know the direction that the New York Giants are going in. Um, But the fact that I don't know that 
Saquon Barkley is a major piece of their football team and also their offense trying to get back on track. So I'm going to say tag him. But how about they just give him a damn contract that he deserves, that he actually deserved last season. But we understand the business yeah. side of things and don't know if that's going to happen. But if you're the yeah. Giants, you, you got to tag him. Yeah, they used it last year on Saquon Barkley at $10.1 million. Now the franchise tag is $12.1 million. He's a year older, 27. He did not have a 1,000-yard season. Oh, hell yeah, they're going to tag him. Because they're not going to pay him, but they're not going to let him walk for nothing mm-hmm. as being a free agent. And plus, it didn't help his bargaining position when he let everybody know. You know what? I love it here. I want to stay here. My fam's from here. My, pe- my favorite pizza place is right around the corner. I don't want to go anywhere. Exactly. I still get my milk delivered to my doorstop. I don't want to go anywhere. The minute he put that out there, the Giants are like, got him. Let's reel him in. Reel him in because he let it be known. He does not want to go anywhere. So I would tag him if I were the New York Giants as well. All right, Freddie, next up on the list, tag your it or no tag, Kansas City Chiefs cornerback LeJarius Sneed. I'm going to say no tag. They always seem to find cornerbacks. Oh, hell, they seem to find players in Kansas City. I don't care the undrafted, low-round draft choices, first-round draft choices. Man, their scouting department is as top-notch as anybody in the National Football League. And you don't want to lose corners like that. But this has been done before. Well, they let a corner go. He wanted to sign San Francisco 49ers, and they got a guy called Trent McDuffie to replace him. So if I'm the lost, if I'm the Kansas City Chiefs, excuse me, I'm going to say tag, you're not it. No tag when it comes to LeJerry Sneed at corner. Yeah, I'm going to go no tag. And one of the main reasons also is because you have a guy in Chris Jones that I feel like they do need to tag. You look at from Marcus Peters to Shavarius Ward to Warren Thornhill at the safety position, they're – they don't have a history of paying corners a ton of money. Yep. And they feel like they can develop guys. They have two waiting in the wings and Jalen Watson and also Joshua Williams. Trent McDuffie was an all-pro. So they're going to probably let Legarius Sneed walk, in my opinion. No tag. All right, Harry, next up, tag, you're it, no tag. Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver T. Higgins. Tag, you're it. You also got to give T. Higgins, who battled some injuries this season, also early part of the year in 2023. Yeah. Him and Joe Burrow, they weren't on the same page, right? We've seen a little disconnect uh, connection between those guys. They found that connection back again. But we know what T. Higgins meant to this football team. We've seen when, you know, Jamar Chase went down, T. Higgins was able to hold the fort down and hold things together, being that number one wide receiver. You have to tag him yeah. to see what this football team can do in 2024 moving forward. What he said. Let's move on a little tag. You're it or no tag in the National Football League when it comes to potential free agents. By the way, Tuesday, March 5th is the franchise tag window. We're playing that tag game here on Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Once again, here's our producer, Shannon Penn. All right, Freddie. Las Vegas Raiders running back Josh Jacobs. Tag your it or no tag for Jacobs? I'm going to say no tag because they should have signed him to a contract. And now you got a coach in Antonio Pierce who knows exactly what that guy means to your football team. You don't have to break the bank for Josh Jacobs, but I'm not franchise tagging him because I'm signing with a long-term contract. You need a quarterback. Right now, Aiden O'Connell's a nice quarterback for a number two quarterback. You need to go find a quarterback and find a number one quarterback that you don't have. And the best way to help out your number one quarterback is to make sure that guy Josh Jacobs is still going to be there. So I'm going to say no tag because they should sign him to a long-term contract. He's earned the same amount of equity 
to get that kind of contract from the Raiders. So, Freddie, I'm going to say tag just to make sure you can work on that long-term deal for Josh Jacobs and no one else <laughs> scoops him up. All right. So I'm, I'm going to go tag in those regards. But Josh Jacobs, we understand, means a lot to this football team, and Antonio Pierce understands that as well. Yep. All right, Harry, Miami Dolphins defensive tackle Christian Wilkins. Tag or no tag for Wilkins? Yeah, when you look at you look at the defensive tackle position, the, the tag is nineteen million dollars. We understand what Chris uh, Christian Wilkins means to that football team and what they're able to do. So I'm going tag. A completely one hundred percent tag when it comes to Christian Wilkins because as much as that defense had their moments in trying to overcome injuries, he was the one constant yep. for that defense. He is an outstanding defensive lineman. He loves to talk that noise and give you the business. He doesn't back away or shy away from that. So. That guy is a guy that you can't afford to let get away. There's no question if I'm the Miami Dolphins. I'm I'm tagging Mr. Christian when it comes to Wilkins (laughs) and that defensive tackle. All right, Freddie, next up, Jacksonville Jaguars outside linebacker Josh Allen. Tag your it or no tag? Yeah, you got to tag him in that division where the Indianapolis Colts can get Anthony Richardson back. You have your quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. You got C.J. Stroud of the Houston Texans. So And Will Levis with the Tennessee Titans. You got to tag that guy. That guy had 17 and a half sacks. You don't allow that guy to get on the open market because he won't be in the open market for long because pass rushers like him, man, you get a chance to bring that luxury to your football team. You solve a lot of problems. So no question, you're tagging Josh Allen. You're working on a long-term deal to make sure it's more cap-friendly, even though a lot of that's going to be front-loaded because that seems to be the M.O. for those kind of contracts. You're going to get a hell yes for me. You just don't slip and make a mistake and have 17 and a half sacks. Josh Allen is that dude. Uh, he's getting better and better each year, so you have to tag him. Tag your it, Josh Allen. All right, Harry, what about Baltimore Ravens defensive tackle Justin Metabuke? Tag or no tag? Yeah, I'm going to go tag because he really showed up and showed out this season for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, you're probably going to lose to Davion Clowney, who resurrected his career being with the Baltimore Ravens. But you talk about guys and the makeup of football teams and organizations. Matabuke, he exemplifies everything that you want from a defensive player for the Baltimore Ravens. And also that tag is $19 million, so you would take your chances with that. There's no way I'm not tagging that guy because if you don't tag him, somebody in your division is going to pick up a guy that had 13 sacks last year that at times was unblockable in the middle of that defense. And it got to a point where they left Jadevian Clowney one-on-one on the outside and he showed that he could still beat that. He was the main reason why the Baltimore Ravens led the league in sacks, Justin Matabuke, because he was so good that you can line him up anywhere in the middle and he's just dominating centers and guards. You let him go and somebody in your division is going to sign him, which means you got to deal with that guy twice a year for the next four to five years. Why would you do that? So a man like that, you tag him and you work on a long-term deal when it's all said and done. All right, last up for you, Freddie, Chicago Bears cornerback Jalen Johnson. Tag your it or no tag? Yeah, you got to tag him for two for th- four words. Green Bay wide receivers. <laughs> Those guys aren't going anywhere. Well, not just soon. Green Bay. You talk about Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah, Detroit. Detroit. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, in, in this in that division. Yeah, you got to tag that guy. Believe me. And you said the best, Harry. 
a guy you worked with said we're going to allow we're going to draft a guy here at the Atlanta Falcons and then we're going to coach him up he gets terrific he gets better and we're going to let him walk out the door and let somebody else have the benefit of that if you're the Chicago Bears this is the same situation you don't allow a guy that you drafted has become a pretty much close to a top notch corner and then let him go somewhere else that's like plaids and stripes that don't match so yeah <laughs> you got to tag him when it comes to Chicago Bears and Jalen Johnson yeah, he had a phenomenal season this this uh, this year, along with you know young cornerback Tyreek Stevenson. I want to keep those two guys together. That division, you have to have excellent secondary play, in my opinion. So I'm tagging Jalen Johnson. I'm not letting no one uh, scoop him up and yeah. receive the 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 fruits of the labor that we put in to help develop him. He's been phenomenal since his rookie season, so you have to keep him if you're Chicago. I keep waiting on Twitter, Coleman ESPN at H Douglas eighty three. We'd love to see you have to say, especially when it comes to how would you fix the NBA All Star game. Triple eight say ESPN. That is seven two nine three seven seven six. He is Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman together on Freddie and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. We will mention the word culture when it comes to the Patriots. They got a new coach replacing Bill Belichick. But it could be the same old, same old Patriot way. This is ESPN Radio. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Together on Freddie and Harry Reggae Monday, presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and always, always, always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. So how weird is it that we're about to go into an NFL offseason for the first time in 24 years, and the head coach of the New England Patriots is not Bill Belichick. Gerard Mayo taking over, but does that mean that the Patriot way from then is going to be gone? Let's bring in Evan Lazar. Does a great job as a staff writer and host of Patriots Catch 22 at Patriots.com. Hit him on Twitter at EZ Lazar. First things first, Evan, what is it going to be like covering this team and Bill Belichick is not the head coach anymore? <laughs> That's a good question. It's definitely it takes some getting uh, used to for all of us. I, I would say, you know, Gerard Mayo's introductory press conference uh, about a month ago now 
it was such a different vibe and uh, he's been far more open with the media and a much more uh, personable guy I would say with the media as much as Belichick I think is a lot more personality behind closed doors uh, it's been different and it's going to take some adjusting you know we got to we got to change how we cover the team a little bit uh, to uh, adjust without Bill now, Evan, let's get into the nitty-gritty. I'm looking really looking forward to your answer here. What should the Patriots do at three? Should they draft a quarterback or trade that pick away? Yeah, look, I, I think if you like one of these quarterbacks, which it's easy to like any of the top three uh, for various reasons, uh, probably all individual reasons, I, I think you have to take the quarterback because ideally you, you would hope that the Patriots are not going to be picking this high in the draft too often, and you just don't know what the quarterback classes of the next couple of years are going to look like, either in a positive or a negative way. I mean, we could get into next year, and uh, there might be uh, no quarterbacks that are consensus top five quarterbacks. There might be three, like there is this year. So uh, I think it's a difficult spot to be in because their roster is probably not ready to just drop a CJ Stroud or drop a, a quarterback of that caliber into it and be a playoff team. Uh, but I think that that's where free agency and the veteran market will come in to try to uh, advance this roster a little bit faster, a little bit quicker with all the cap space that they have so that by the time that we get to April 28th, uh, they're set up a little bit better for the quarterback. So I'm still leaning towards them going quarterback, but mm-hmm. I can definitely see the arguments for them being a little bit more deliberate with this rebuild this time around and maybe taking a receiver like Marvin Harrison Jr. or a tackle and uh, going a multi-year rebuild instead of trying to reset this on the fly. Great stuff by Evan Lazar, staff writer, host of Pagers, Catch 22 at Pagers.com here on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Hit him on Twitter, EZ Lazar. What does your gut tell you what the Pagers are probably going to do with the third pick in the draft, Evan? Well, Gerard Mayo has been pretty open that there's three spots that the Patriots are are looking at as major needs for them this offseason, and that's quarterback, which we just talked about, receiver, and offensive tackle. So I would be absolutely stunned if it's not one of those three positions that they take. Uh, There are some murmurs from inside the building that uh, they do really like these tackles in this draft. Maybe a trade down, accumulate some assets, and take a tackle, uh, I would say, is probably the other route that they might go besides quarterback. I don't necessarily see the receiver uh, path coming in the first round, but let's say that they could trade down to – you know, somewhere between the 5 to 10 range and still get a Joe Alt or an Olo Fashanu and then stockpile uh, picks for the future, that could definitely be a route that they'd take as well if they don't fall in love with one of these quarterbacks. But as of today, if you had to ask me, I, I still think they go QB. All right, so we know Robert Kraft as the owner. He wants to win. But could you see a situation where they actually do trade down, accumulate those picks, basically chalk up the 2024 season to be in a position to, you know, have another high draft pick and then go from there. And from a free agent standpoint, what quarterback do you see them looking to get if they don't draft one or they're going to just rock with who they have on the roster currently? Yeah, it's a good question. And I think there's a, a really good argument to be made that if you look at the success from the teams around the league outside of Kansas City, basically, a lot of these teams have waited a, a couple years to rebuild their roster and then just drop the quarterback in in the end and then hit the ground running from there. You know, thinking about 
yeah. uh, teams like Houston, Detroit, mm-hmm. uh, you know, even teams uh, that are maybe not quite as, as uh, you know, Super Bowl caliber as those two teams, uh, you know, like those teams have done that. Philly even, you know, taking Jalen Hurts and then having that roster uh, be really good around him. So uh, I think that there are arguments to be made for the, the slower or more deliberate approach. But I will say this, I, I think when you part ways with Bill Belichick, uh, like the Patriots have, and you have the third overall pick in the draft, and you have somewhere close to $75 million in cap space. If you're Robert Kraft, I think that the 2024 season being a successful season, I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl, uh, but at least being a better team than they were last year, I think that that's going to matter a lot to ownership. So I don't know if that's necessarily the best thing because I hear the argument of, of maybe being a little bit uh, you know slower with their buildup here. Uh, but in general, I, I don't think that the ownership is going to be pleased if this is a four-win football team next year. So I expect them to spend money in free agency. Uh, uh, you know, Gerard Mayo said that they have cash to burn, and they certainly do based off the cap space. And I think that they are going to try to push a lot of uh, coin in the middle here this offseason, uh, both through the draft and through free agency, to try to make this team a lot better really quickly. And uh, we'll see if it ends up panning out that, you know, they tried this essentially in 2021 after the Cam Newton year. Uh, they draft Mac Jones in the first round. They spend a uh, NFL record amount of money in free agency that offseason. And they won 10 games and made the playoffs, but it was a little bit of fool's gold. And then we know what happened the last two years. So I think that they could learn from that and try to be a little bit more deliberate about it. But again, I think when you make such a major decision, like parting ways with Bill Belichick, it's really difficult to be patient because you want to make sure that the public is aware that you made the right choice. You know, if they if they go backwards or they look like a worse football team than they were last year, then all of a sudden all the questions about why did you fire Belichick start to come up. Great stuff by Evan Lazar, staff writer, host of Pagers, Catch 22 at pagers.com on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. If I ask which quarterback will be on this roster in 2024 and your choices are Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi, who are you choosing, Evan, and why? Oh, man, I, I think that those two guys, for different reasons, are probably nearing their end of their time in New England. You know, with Matt, I, I think it his his grasp of the locker room, you know, the confidence in the locker room, uh, it has really waned over the last calendar year to the point where I think if you're Gerard Mayo, you have to seriously consider the message that you're sending to the rest of the room if you do bring Mac Jones back, how are they supposed to rally around Mac Jones at this point? I just don't see it from that point of view. Like, let's take out all the stuff that happened on the field and the performance and things uh, of that nature. I think Gerard, I just don't think that. The, go ahead, go ahead Evan. That, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Finish up. No, I, I just don't think that the other 52 guys in the locker room are going to be able to rally around Mac Jones anymore. And uh, I see him moving on. Bailey Zappi, I can see sticking around if he's willing to accept a role as a backup. But he's somebody that he's got a lot of confidence, Bailey Zappi. He plays with a lot of confidence. And I don't think he thinks he's a backup, even if maybe that's what his skills suggest. So uh, that's the difficult part with Bailey is, uh, is he going to buy into a role as a backup quarterback? Now, I know you said head coach Gerard Mayo said from an offensive standpoint, quarterback, wide receiver, offensive tackle are the are the major needs. But in your opinion, what's the biggest need offensively for the New England Patriots? 
Yeah, I mean, look, it's hard not to say quarterback when we just talked about the, the two <laughs> quarterbacks that they have on their roster are right. not really giving a whole lot of confidence. But I would say, you know, offensive line and offensive tackle is such a major need for this team. Uh, last year, in terms of pass block win rate, they were 32nd in the league in pass block win rate, and they were middle of the pack in run blocking. So uh, they were one of the worst offensive lines in football a year ago. And you look at these young quarterbacks, and we see it all the time, and we saw it with Mac here. Uh, when you get these quarterbacks in there and they get hit a lot and they got that pass rush coming after them, and all of a sudden they start to get sped up, they start to see ghosts, their feet start to get antsy in the pocket, and their decision-making starts to go. Uh, that's the number one thing that I think that the Patriots have to learn from the Mac Jones experience is you have to protect the guy that's under center for you next year. Uh, so I would say offensive line and quarterback are pretty much equal. Receiver I, I obviously think is important too, but I look at those two things, and especially offensive line, and I, I find it hard to believe that they're going to be a better offense if they don't fix their tackle situation. Hey, Evan, great stuff, my friend. I know it's going to be really weird where you can ask the coach a question, and you'll get a worthwhile answer when it comes to the pages. Keep it the great work. We'll talk to you soon, okay? <laughs> no, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Great stuff by Evan Lazar, staff writer and host of Pages Catch 22 at pages.com. Great follow on Twitter at EZ Lazar, joining Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio. Here's something else that's going to be added to it. According to reports, the NFL salary cap is expected to be in the range of $250 million per team. The last year's salary cap in 2024 was a little short of $225 million. Every team in the NFL, this is according to NBC, over a 10% increase, Harry, going from the salary cap last year, $224.8 million to $250 million per team. The sound you hear right now is Harry Dell's about to fly like a falcon because that means the Falcons have money to spend. It's all about the Benjamins, baby. Money, 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 money. Well, the good thing is to have extra money to sign Desmond Ritter to an extension. Nope. <laughs> he's on he's on the contract for a few more years, but extension uh-huh. will not be happening in Atlanta. Yeah. Do you think he'll be on the team um, in 2024, Desmond Ritter? Uh, he, he's still a young guy, right? So he, mm-hmm. he still has room to learn and grow okay. at the quarterback position. So right. I believe he'd be, he'll be on the team as a backup. Okay. I'll ask Shannon Penn a different question. Our resident Giants fan. With the salary cap going to $250 million, what do you think yes. that means for Saquon Barkley? Yes. Yes. Yes, what? Yes, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yes, what? Affirmative. Correct. It, what absolutely. It means Without a doubt. Without a staying, shadow of a doubt. Is he staying yes. or leaving? Yes. Yes. yes doesn't, you can't blanket <laughs> statement with yes. What does that mean for Saquon Barkley? Is he going to stay? Is he going to leave? Is he going to franchise you tag? Prematurely a- answering the question. Exactly. Would be the first time. I uh, know. <laughs> oh, I'll try it into that one. <laughs> My God. You think I'd have stayed out of that whole deal? <laughs> I bring this on myself. I bring it on myself. Harry oh, Dawson and I will tell you the most educated state and the least educated state in the grand old United States of ours. And plus, how would you fix the NBA All-Star game? All that coming up next from Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for being a part of the reggae version, meaning reggae Monday of Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and always, always, always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. We've gotten plenty of suggestions. How do you fix the NBA All-Star game? Or is it fixable enough? We got one more person that wants to weigh in on the Freddie and Harry call in line at 888-ESPN. That is 888-729-3776. Marcus in Tampa, thanks for hanging in there. How do you fix the NBA All-Star game, brother? 
It was good. Well, here's what you do. You open up the roster to well, on East-West Conference to 15 players. Each conference creates three five-man teams, and you play a seven-game series East-West. Each team has to play at least one game. No that will incentivize a little bit of competition. No, no team wants to get put out. The players can make up the team, and the players determine which teams play first, the first three games. Then from games four through seven, no team can play more than twice. Twice and twice. So it's a little wrinkle. It's basically like a pickup game with some incentivization on it. Throw some money if you want. But that'll make it competitive, you know, as competitive as a pickup game could be. Now, Marcus, I appreciate you listening to the show and chiming in. But what time is it right now, Freddie? At 6.50 p.m. Mm-hmm. You know that Snickers commercial, Hungry Why Wait? <laughs> yes. Right now I'm hungry. And, uh-huh. and, and thinking about all that stuff Marcus just said, that's, I'm, I got to think too damn much. <laughs> the NBA doesn't want to think I'm, much. I'm just being real. Like, I got to uh, think too much, Marcus. I, I like his his policy in terms of that, having like those kind of mini games. But you want to make that as simple as possible. I was trying to follow, but I, I, I had to think too much. I hear you. Don't blame Marcus because he's smarter. Don't blame him. Don't blame because <laughs> no. he's more smarter. No, hold on now. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying, Marcus. Trust yes. me, I yeah. was trying. He was definitely trying, Marcus. He definitely tried to hang in there with you, but I, <laughs> then he got hungry, and that's that was it for Harry as yeah. far as that goes. And each, you lost me. Each and every night around this time, we want to make sure that you're more smarter on things you might have missed. It doesn't have to be sports-related. It's just always about... They may not be the top stories of the day. In other news. But you need to be in the know. This is In Other News. I'm off for exercise, but this is taken to a new extreme. Jimmy Graham, a man who played in the National Football League at tight end. He's going to join three other people that will roll nonstop across the Atlantic Arctic Ocean, excuse me, for charity. They're trying to pursue a world record by rowing 1,000 miles inside the Arctic Circle, which would be for 15 days straight. Nope, 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 nope. Uh, Jimmy, I appreciate your efforts mm-hmm. in trying to get this done, mm-hmm. but I don't even know how that is possible to get done. They will roll 24 hours a day, alternating in two-hour shifts. They will sleep at max 90 minutes at a time. They will aim to consume up to 8,000 calories per day, and they will experience in a 15-day period 24 hours of daylight. Nope, 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 nope. Mm-mm. You can't Mm-mm. sign me up for that one. Mm-mm. I wouldn't want to do that in warm weather. By the Arctic Ocean, the home of penguins and polar bears, pass. <laughs> Extremely. I, I can watch Happy Feet at home. I'm good. Exactly. <laughs> Shout out to Elsa. Anna and Elsa. So I'm gonna say what's up. Exactly. <laughs> I got to get Jimmy to sign my, uh, my my game jersey he gave me before he do that. When is this supposed to take place? I don't know, but he better not roll. He better not roll. He better let it go. He better not get roll. Got to get in contact with Jimmy so he can sign my jersey before he decides to do this. <laughs> Arctic Ocean. God bless him. And I mean that not figuratively, but literally when it comes to Jimmy Graham and three other people trying to do that over 15 days and the 1,000 miles of the Arctic Ocean. Meanwhile, Educationville, you're going to find out right now who are the least educated states in the country and the most educated. According to Wallet Hub, they looked at data to see which states offer more in the way of education. They examined 18 metrics in two main categories, 
educational attainment, which look at the share of adults 25 and older who have a high school diploma and various levels of college education and quality education and those who are not in that category. Let's start with the Smarties first. The 10th most educated state, state of Washington, number nine, Minnesota, number eight, New Hampshire, number seven, New Jersey, number six, Virginia, number five, Colorado, number four, Connecticut. I find that hard to believe. Number three, Maryland, number two, Vermont, and number one, Massachusetts. Number one in both educational attainment, quality of education categories. Connecticut people, I'm kidding. Wow. I live in a the lot wonderful of, a state. A lot of Northeast schools. Yes. Uh, Northeast places, I yes. should say. Now for the least educated. I'm going to go in descending order. Number 41, Texas. Number 42, New Mexico. That was last in quality of education category. Number 43, Nevada. I'm number 43, Kentucky. Number 44, Nevada. Number 45, Alabama. Harry's hoping Georgia's not on this list. Number 46, Oklahoma. Number 47, Arkansas. Number 48, Louisiana. Number 49, Mississippi. And number 50, West Virginia. They will last in educational attainment in terms of that category. Blue Ridge Mountains. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to make people in West Virginia feel better as far as that goes. I actually know some very, very smart and intelligent people from West Virginia. Absolutely. That's not a blanket statement for the whole state. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, Georgia, number 30 in terms of education. education lies, class. lies, and more lies. Well, well, put it this way. They're down from number 22 last year. Well, it's probably because we have so many people okay. that have migrated to our state. Oh, blame, blame the foreigners <laughs> from other states. Contaminating <laughs> yeah. the state of Georgia. Blame the Yankees from New York moving to Georgia. You know, <laughs> coming down south for a better way of life. <laughs> Oh, yeah, Mess- blame them. Messing up what we've had yeah. here for so long. We'll put it this way. Well, they're leaving New York is the dumb ones, like you mentioned. New York is number 15, up from number 18. <laughs> so you, you may have a point there. <laughs> you may be on to something. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> you damn Yankees. Ooh, Get out of here. You Yankees, you. Amber and Ian comes your way. We got our man Andre Snellings in for Ian Fitzsimmons joining Amber Wilson for Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman. Boy, we're going to hell. This is Freddie and Harry on the mighty ESPN Radio. Take care. God bless as always. Be more smarter. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app. The Freddie and Harry Podcast.